Welcome to Marketing Matters, where we cover latest news, topics, trends, and whatever we find interesting in the world of marketing. So we'll be jumping all over the place. Um, I'm joined by my partner in crime, Nikki Check. And are you ready to talk about marketing? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to have a few topics we're going to talk about today and in, in, in future sessions. But we're asking you guys, the audience as well, to send interesting like things that you guys find interesting you guys want us to talk about if there's questions you have um we might have an opinion on everything you send us so send us things in like we want to be interactive uh, as we grow this um we want to be able to make sure that we're covering topics that are relevant to you guys into the market we're talking so please do send it in and we will do our best to chat about what we think is relevant so all right, let's, let's get started. So the first thing we're going to talk about today is is um, the latest Burrell and Associates. We, we love watching their information. So their latest video, um, they did a quick dive into results. They do an SMB survey, and they, there's tons of information to come out of it. This one is specifically around retention versus acquiring new clients. So retain new clients or acquiring new clients. And in 2020, the big focus was retain, which made sense. You didn't want to lose World what you had. Sense. Yeah, you don't. Hold your market yeah, share. you want to hold your market. Now in 2021, it's flipped. It's now wanting new business, and it's funny because they said 99% of the people that responded said they so one percent didn't said no. didn't want to acquire new business. So, <laughs> but 99% said they want to acquire new business. So, there, it was an increase of 59% more businesses are focused on acquiring business in 2021 as compared to 2020. The interesting thing that came out of it, though, is they asked is which media are you using to acquire new business? And I thought that was interesting. So uh, the number one, which almost everyone can probably guess, is social media ads. So that was number one. Uh, the second was SEM, so search engine marketing. Then the third one I found interesting was developing community partnerships. And I thought mm-hmm. that, is, that was interesting, like completely non-really traditional or what we think new media, like using media related. Then there was a whole group emails, ads, and apps, they kind of lumped together. And then at the end, they had newspaper. So it was interesting, though, is what they asked is like, how many are using this? And how many and how many of you think it's actually effective? Because there's one thing of actually doing it. So for instance, social media ads, 65% were using it. And 31% of those people thought it was effective. And as you work your way down, where newspaper, 29% used it, which I thought was surprisingly high, that 29% mm-hmm. of people were using newspaper. And again, this is a survey across all of North America, really heavily weighted more in the U.S. So, but it is a which we both. tried to participate in. We tried to, but unfortunately, we couldn't because of multi-language. Yeah, bilingual. Yeah. So mm-hmm. maybe we can get Soon. That changed. Yeah, yeah. Um, but of of the twenty nine percent that used newspaper, four percent thought it was effective. So if we saw that, we probably wouldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. So, so the question that the topic wanted to chat about is sort of where this ended is that most businesses feel they're really good at retaining. They can focus on retaining their client, their current client, they're doing, but they feel like they don't do a good job of acquiring new business or don't know what to do to acquire new business. So one of the things I thought we could dig deep on is what are some of the things you could do to acquire business as, as compared to retain? Because if I look at social media, for example, I'll start there, is that if you're doing it organically, you're talking to the same audience, right? So... But even looking at social media ads, 65% were using it, 31% thought it was effective. That would be so interesting to be able to dive into that data and see uh, the effectiveness uh, or implied effectiveness based on vertical or sector. Mm. Because if you look, I, I probably would argue that that's 
low when you're selling a widget, you're selling a purse, you're selling something, uh, a candle on social media. I bet the effectiveness of getting new clients is is significantly higher. But I would argue that the majority of verticals that are your uh, professional services, your HVACs, your lawyers, your um, uh, landscape uh, people, I would argue that that is not an effective way to get new new clients. Right. And I think that I think a lot of times businesses will do what you know. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and we see that a lot as well. It's like, well, I don't know, we should do Facebook because everyone's doing Facebook or we should do this because everyone else is doing it. So if it works here, but it group, doesn't group it, think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I, I mean, I, I believe that you can't use, we say that you can't use the same medium to attract like you just said, if you're trying to attract, if you're a law firm and you're trying to attract clients a lot different than if you're selling purses. So you're using different tactics, but I think the go-to is always for majority of people nowadays is we're going to go to social media mm-hmm. because it's pretty easy to run to post something on Facebook or Instagram mm-hmm. or whatever. Like it's it, it's not there's not a big barrier now. Is there value in it? That's a whole different discussion. If you're doing it just to make noise, then and I, but I feel like people are or businesses um, will use the same medium to do the same thing over and over. I'm, I'm going to acquire a new business. I'm going to use social media. I'm going to retain new business. I'm going to I'm going to launch a new like. But you can't look at it that way because it won't it won't be effective. And if your audience isn't big on social media, because a lot of businesses, then you're talking to nobody. You're talking to your to your hundred people that are following you. Well, it's no different uh, than taking a look at uh, the social media pool as as uh, what you would see in real life, the mall. Advertising mm-hmm. at the mall, advertising at the hockey rink, advertising uh, on on Bridge Hill. You're you're going to be speaking to the people that are traveling through those places, right. and to think that posting something out on social, organic or paid, and you're reaching everyone is certainly not accurate. No, for sure. And everyone consume. We always say everyone consumes media differently. Like sample size of one. I'm not active on Facebook, so you would never talk to me if you are. I won't, I'm not active on you Instagram. You are not active I'm not on act, Facebook. I'm not. I'm not active in very, very many social channels. But what, anyways, the other one I thought was interesting is developing community partnerships. That really stood out to me because it was so, first of all, it was different because it's not really a traditional media per se. But we know how powerful that is. But it's how do you do it today? Like, how do you do it today? Like, I, I, part of it is, part of it would be, I, I feel networking, but when, I, when it community partnerships, is that, is that being part of the chamber? Is that being part of local associations? Is that partnering with another company and doing co-branding? Like, I almost see that as the evolution of networking. Hmm. So you, you uh, traditional, you're stepping into rooms, you're joining organizations and associations, and you're telling these this captive audience of 30, 40, 100 people, every every intimate thing about you, your product, your service, your business, how you operate. And they're, they're these little champions. They go out into their networks and their places and spaces. And the second they hear of something you have, because they want to yeah, be there, yeah, right. they're like, oh, I know a guy. I know, I know, I got, I know somebody. So I, I think this developing community partnerships is that, that, that ability to connect with uh, stakeholders within your community and allow them to be the champion of something that you you offer. So it's the the pairing and the alignment of 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 your tribe. Yeah, because so, I think when I, when I read this, I think like 
I dropped the word community. I'm going to developing partnerships because mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, uh, we have a, a, a current client that, that we've introduced. They were looking, they had a need. We introduced Love them that. to another client that, that could deliver on it. And all of a sudden there's a potential for a really neat partnership that's going to help both of them. And, and, and it's not a necessarily community as in, you know, Chamber or UDI or whatever it is, but it's a partnership between two companies for the betterment of both. But what I find most interesting, if, if I know which one you're talking about, the provider of the service never would have pegged that company as a target. Right. The company never would have lifted their head up and gone, hey, I need what they have. And this, this opportunity that you've brought to both... Uh, and again, we're listening, we're hearing, we hear the opportunity, we bring it to both. It's huge. Mm-hmm. It, it would be so significant and substantial. So, so those partnerships, uh, again, you don't, you don't necessarily get that type of a thing through social media or, or SEM. It's that real life uh, relationship. And it is... At pure the pure sense of acquiring new business when you do things like that because now you're opening your audience to a whole different vertical and I know uh, Gary V talks about this about brand alignment where you know where a Mercedes Mercedes will launch a line or a co-brand a, a line of whiskey or or something because they know their audience would buy that because that's the type of person that they are. So now they opened up a whole different vertical on mm-hmm. it. And I thought that so I think a lot of times though do you think that in markets, you know, sure, we're, we're a larger market in Kelowna, but, you know, we cover, we cover markets all over the place. But do we sometimes feel like the business is, well, we're too small to do something like that. Like we're not, you know, those, that only happens in New York and L.A. I argue not because we, we see it. Like I think partnerships can be at so many levels. It doesn't have to be at this grand scale. It could be just locally. Agreed. Yeah, like go work with your, like see who, who your audience is and what else are they doing. Because like, they don't just buy from you. They're doing other things as well. Are they, where, where are they buying their, their plants? Where are they buying their cars? Where are they buying their clothes? And is there opportunities to partner with those businesses in the market as well? And you almost back that up to uh, really a, an, an understanding of uh, moral compass, core values, uh, traits and beliefs, and finding people within your area that that travel along those same paths and share those same value mm-hmm. sets because that is where uh magic happens yeah and it's interesting because we'll see hopefully we're start i actually have to say i actually was able to shake two hands this week of clients and it was like oh my gosh this is like the greatest thing ever <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't shook someone's hand in so long so so it, i think hopefully did you follow protocol did you sanitize? i did i did okay good. yeah i'm good um i think that if we're we're moving um, I slowly, yeah. you know, the, in that direction, I think it, it opens up back to, uh, you know, I, I know we're not U.S. and but they've sold out sport games, like literally sold out. So we're hopefully starting to see some shift back to where we can get back to some normalcy because I think the virtual side of the networking is just not the same. But yeah, I so. would, I would, I can't believe I'm even saying this. There, there are pros that have come out of For this. Sure. We've had sure. absolute shifts in mindsets of how we can operate, how we can connect, how we can communicate, how we can inject our messaging in. And I don't think we'll abandon those uh, newfound uh, pieces of information or experiences. I think they're going to augment or complement when we move back to that 
that normalcy of old, I think we're just a, a hybrid of better. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and as I said, I think you just explore, there's opportunities to explore partnerships outside. And that one actually appealed to me more than all the other stuff. Because I think the other things are people would get, yeah, we should do SEM. Yeah, we should do this. We should, but like, that's one area where like, okay, I've never thought about it from a business perspective. Where can I look for opportunities to partner? So, all yes. right. Okay. The we next thing we want to talk, yeah, well, yeah. Well, the next thing we want to talk about is, is, and this is a big one. This is one we talk about a lot internally is, is the future of local media. And recently over the last week or so, there's been some, you know, I say the big get bigger and, and you know, these, there's these companies that are massive market caps and I have a, a, a graph in front of us that shows market cap of, of these massive companies. And as much as they are, when we dig deep, they are media and content companies. Yeah. You know, Apple's $2 trillion and do they sell product? 100%. Are they a content company? 100%. Are they a media company? 100%. doesn't matter. Maybe they don't own a news, like a traditional, sure. but they are. Amazon, $1.65 trillion market like market cap. Google, $1.54 Like you're getting like Facebook is almost a trillion. They're $95 billion. Facebook, or sorry, Netflix, right? So there's these massive companies that have this large share and they're getting bigger. So mm-hmm. recently, uh, well, well, 2018, AT&T bought Time Warner for $85 million. A lot of people say it was the absolute worst deal ever in media because they thought they were going to do this and go compete with the Netflix of the world and the Disney's of the Not world. Didn't work out very well. So now what they've done, they've actually merged with Discovery to try to, because Discovery launched their streaming service and has grown really rapidly. So real rapid growth in there. So they've merged with them, AT&T, to try to mm-hmm. compete with these these streaming services. And there's rumors that Amazon is looking has made a nine billion dollar office uh, offer to MGM. So a lot of these companies are looking for content, right? That's that's what's going to win in the end game. What's going to mm-hmm. win? But it it makes me wonder. That's a big scale. But how does it's going to trickle down? Like how does it how does it affect? local media and markets like ours and even smaller because you know we we say all the time and we talk about that uh you for every dollar you spend on a facebook and amazon or google or whatever they're not putting the money back in this community they're not they're not shopping here they're not supporting local charities they're not supporting they're not putting you know their name on a jersey for little timmy's baseball team but they're not right they're the, the, the and then it's going to be harder and harder for how does local media compete with Amazon and compete with Google and compete with Facebook because the, the dollars aren't there to, to do that because it's a scale. So, uh, you know, we, there's a struggle between we say, you know, we're big push, support local, shop local, which we're big supporters of. But I think it, when it comes to media, sometimes I find that it's not always there. So that is a whole loaded yeah. <laughs> topic. And uh, full disclosure, I mean, we mm-hmm. own a media company. Absolutely. So we come to the table with a different set of views or, or uh, a different lens because we're able to see things differently. So it, it, my, my biggest cautionary asterisk here is um, I, I want uh, the audience to hear this knowing that uh, you could think we're self-serving in the conversation around the topic of local media, but, but I don't believe we are. So what we see uh, in that space is more 
from an agency perspective in the clients that we work with. And again, when you're trying to get attention, you're trying to stand out, you do need to mathematically look at that, that number uh, that you're competing against. Right. And, and you are absolutely competing against millions and millions of other companies when you're in those spaces. Uh, when, when, you, when you bring it back down to local media, and that's the, that's the thing that I think we as smaller communities have to fight for. If we do not have that stage, that stage for local businesses, local not-for-profits, organizations within our community to take the stage and be heard it will be at the detriment of those of those companies, and 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 they're they're better heard. They'll have better reactions uh, speaking to the locals. Yeah, and, and and I mean to kind of expand on Nikki. Uh, I, I mean, we agree. Like from an agency perspective, we we own a media company because we also we think that's the future. Absolutely, we think the future is marrying. You local, know, local media with 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 mm -hmm. uh, what we do in the agency world, and, and and that's how we've built our company around sort of that full service approach. Mm -hmm. But but you see that just there's when what scares me is when companies like Apple and Amazon and Google and Facebook start doing it because uh, they you know what they're you're starting to see Facebook will partner partner with local media and they'll give you hey you can apply for a five thousand dollar grant but you got to give us your local content. Right, and they're starting to. That's what's happening. It's it's not going to happen. That is starting to happen. And some of the smaller media are going, "Oh, yeah, I'll take the money because I have to survive." So now you're feeding your content into Facebook, and in actuality, you're actually killing your business because you're feeding your content. And in you know all traditional media, radio, newspaper, TV, they've added digital components, right? And they're seeing growth in that, but they're almost doing it a detriment. To killing their legacy media because now it's like, well, yeah, I'll buy digital with you, but I'm not going to maybe buy your radio spot or your TV spot. Are, are not there. They are not there. Right? And that money is going to Facebook, mm -hmm. Amazon, Google, and so forth. So it, it's not something we're going to fix overnight, but it's happening. Like and I was going to say that this topic is probably a much larger topic, and and I think it's something that we should. Um, take out and 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 do a, a, a unpack it more because the the conversation and again not to not to uh, suggest um, fear to it but but you have to look at the the monopoly of this so so and again uh, you look at um, websites and search engine uh, marketing you would type something into a search engine and you would be served up a result and you would go to that website. The numbers are absolutely staggering right now in those answers being given without going mm -hmm. to a website. So those monopolies are uh, cannibalizing that and scraping that information and serving it up to the searcher, bypassing the mm -hmm. business and the company. So when you, when you again, when you look at a business and the strategy that they have to get, uh, retain clients or acquire new clients, it is not 
the way of the old that you're going to be needing yeah. to do. And you have to look at, at um, making sure that you have all sorts of other streams coming into there because you, you can be and might be in the very near future uh, not getting traffic to yeah. your, your, your website or your social media channels. Yeah. Yeah, and we're starting to see that already. Mm -hmm. And I know Google made an announcement, I think, yesterday or the day before on how they're they're ramping up their mapping, too. I don't know if you saw mm -hmm. that. And it's that what, they're, they're, what they're serving you based on your experience, the time of day, where you're located. Like, it's where crazy. Yeah. The, the amount of what the layer and, and that's... It was a topic I was going to bring today, but I thought we, we only have so much time. So, but it's, you know, they're continually adding, like you said, they, they don't want you to leave their platform. So takeaway is pay attention to the, to the giants and, and pass it through the lens of what if you couldn't feed information into 100%. it and pass it through the lens of competitive, competitiveness. Yeah. Do you want to be competing with millions or do you want to be competing with 22? Yeah. Or twenty-three. Mm -hmm. um, great. So the the next the next uh, area we wanted to explore a little bit. I know it's um, uh, an area that you love. You've been you've been reading a lot of uh, on this. And um, where's I always see the intersection between sales and marketing. And in you know we I see it a lot where because we we work on the marketing side typically with the clients. Obviously, is that there's a silo though. There's like marketing. And then there's sales. Like they're 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 so separate. And and, and I, we talked about the buying journey last time. And I I feel like this shouldn't be. They should they should be they should work together because marketing should support sales through mm -hmm. the buying journey. And you um, have been spending time sort of um, reading a lot on StoryBrand and Donald Miller. And you made an analogy yesterday. Yeah, so you can ex you can expand on about how he related sort of business as an airplane and how the sales and marketing. So I thought we can unpack that a little bit. And, and I, again, all these topics, we'll probably spend a whole session talking about them, but I thought it was a really neat analogy on how all these come together in order to make a really successful flight. <laughs> right? Love, so, Love yeah. the work. Donald Miller, uh, I'm so enjoying consuming as much of the information that I, that I can get from him. Uh, and he actually makes you hit your uh, forehead with the palm of your hand and roll your eyes and just shake your head that you're, you've made something so complicated that's so simple. So the, the um, information that I got yesterday, and again, typing frantically as I'm, I'm in the session uh, or in the workshop, and, and the whole thing is around the analogy of the plane and the different departments within the planes, and I'm not going to get this right because I, I, I just, it's recent in my brain, but um, looking at the, uh, and I won't do it in order either, loved uh, his analogy of the, of the fuel tanks being your cash flow. Cash. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, you need Absolutely. cash in a company. You need sales in a company. If you don't have sales, uh, you don't have a business. And, and again, the analogy that you're referring to was, was uh, the way he broke down the wings of the plane. The right wing or the left wing, I'll goof yeah. it up, is sales. Marketing is your um, other wing. And and uh, having the ability when you, you know, the answer in business, we just say, well, just buy it. We'll mm -hmm. just hire mm -hmm. someone. Well, that's your, your body of your plane is your overhead. And you have to understand that that overhead, the weight of that overhead, you have to have the sales and the marketing and the engine of the plane 
uh, being able to hold mm-hmm. the weight of that overhead. So it was just so simple, so fascinating, so enjoyed uh, dedicating an hour of my time to that one, and I can't wait to dive deeper into it. Yeah, and I, and I think that you know, for me, the big part is like if yeah, the sales. I like the analogy because when I first heard it, I'm like, well, no, I think the sales and marketing should be working together. I'm like, but they are if they're the wings. Because if one of them is not there, you're planning, you're not going to go very far. <laughs> we're leaning yeah, and we're doing, doing circles. circles. So I think that it's yeah. so important. I think a lot of times, like I said, I think there's a there's like. Uh, not buddy, but they do. They but sales and marketing butt heads, Absolutely. right? Because and and I think they just you. I talk about sales enablement tools. Like so, how can marketing help the sales process? So, if that's it's lead good. gen, we talked about acquiring new clients. That's that's a that's a sales and a marketing function. Marketing has got to help drive the leads, but then sales has got to close it because mm-hmm. if not, they're not working. If like the plane, if one of them's working, if the marketing's working great, but sales isn't great at closing, well, you're not going to go anywhere or vice versa. So I think there's an opportunity there for them. And I, we just see it so much that they, in most, you know, companies that they're bigger, usually a little bit bigger because the smaller companies might be the same person doing it, is that they just work in silos. They don't mm-hmm. work together. It's like marketing is doing one thing and doesn't even know what sales is doing. Sales is doing something else and marketing is not doesn't know what they're doing and and, and it's it, to me it's at the detriment of moving your company forward and I think that's a that that's a really good uh, comment you take a look at the the roles and the responsibilities and the hats the many hats that business owners are wearing uh, I joke all the time I say I've I'm a really good janitor I'm great at sales I'm really good at collection (laughs) and processes so so i i i feel that it is getting uh more and more and more needed from that ownership team and and we have two things that are finite we have a finite uh dollars Mm -hmm. that we can inject into solving or advancing uh, and we have finite time. So I, I, I think that analogy of doing things off the side of your desk or the do-it-yourselfers in businesses, we, we are going to be um, faced with some, some tough challenges because we just don't know what we don't know. Right. We, we can't be proficient and competent and subject matter experts in all things anymore. And we need to circle uh, ourselves with... Uh, mentors and uh, and people that can can help and outsource things that we can so that we can do the single most important thing that we do and bring to the table to make sure that our companies are successful yeah I think it's great and we'll unpack that a little bit more as you as you as you watch more and learn more so so last segment we're going to do is I've titled it the latest three we'll change it we'll probably change it 15 times but um just three sort of, I thought, really interesting topics or, or things that I've seen that would be interesting to kind of explore a little bit. So the first one is is shoppable live streams. So you can sit at your desk and just spend as much money as you want. That's you. awesome. That's awesome. So um, we're seeing Walmart, Nordstrom's, uh, Petco did a pet fashion event. Um, these are, they're done over multiple platforms. You know, TikTok is a big one, shopping, mm-hmm. uh, uh, live stream shopping. Walmart grew their fault, their uh, TikTok following by 25% through one event. 
So in basically what they're doing is, yeah, they're showing up, doing a live stream, holding up some clothing, saying this is what it is, is um, uh, this is who it's for, and you can buy, right? So um, it's, a six, it was, it's a $6 billion market in 2021, live stream events. They think it's going to grow to $25 billion by 2023 because consumers right now obviously are a little bit wary to go into the physical shopping. Plus, as, as hate as much as say it's convenience, people are lazy, time, they're busy, and they're like, they want to click a button and order it, right? Mm-hmm. So um, there was a lipstick maker, and I can't remember the, the brand. They sold 15,000 lipsticks in five minutes during a live event. Like, yeah, you heard right. 15,000 lipsticks in five minutes during a But the funny thing is, Nick and I were talking about this before, where we both kind of said the same thing. Oh, my gosh, this is like the old school home shopping channel. Like, my mom used to buy stuff up. Yeah. Like, we just stated ourselves. Yeah, but it was. It was, there's like, I actually think there is a channel still that does it, that. I think so. Yeah, that you can if only buy the sham wow or whatever it is. But but it's that's the shift of what you're seeing. And and, and yeah, I know a couple of these topics have actually are, are kind of e-commerce related. But this live stream was just was amazing. I thought that is because I, I also think it's something that even a local business could do. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be Walmart or Nordstrom mm-hmm. to do a live stream, right? Mm-hmm. But I think consumers, like especially the – like. A lot of times, say the younger consumer, but I, I don't think it is. And it's not just the younger consumers that are doing this. And again, it's that, uh, and I, I, we meet them every single day. Yeah. There are entrepreneurs and businesses in this company that will, they can be startup, they can be uh, existing, they can be implants into the community. They come from different places. They're building incredible things, mm-hmm. even here in little 130,000 population Kelowna. And absolutely uh they they could look if they're if they're like you said e-commerce uh online sales you could look at at doing live stream events and having great success when you're when your buyer is uh national international global mm-hmm. when you've got a thing that everybody wants you are now in a race to get to that space before your your competitive um uh sector or vertical gets there i know that there's a um a lot of auto dealerships or auto manufacturers sorry are moving into this as well because there's the you know the old school auto shows to release new vehicles are expensive and right now they weren't happen, happening so they're they've moved to virtual events and it said like the uptake on people like actually buying vehicles off those sort of events you're starting to see as well, which I think is interesting. Exactly. 30 minutes ago, talking uh, with a with a current client on a very large development coming into the community, and a big component of their sales process is these one-on-ones. Hmm. You're not in community, or right. you are in community and you don't feel comfortable right, coming right, out. Right. We're going to take you on a virtual tour, and you're going to buy. That's crazy. But that's where things are going. I thought that was interesting anyway. So so the good thing is you could log on tonight and spend as much money as possible. I'm so excited. (laughs) Um, The the second thing on sort of the the latest three was sort of on the commerce. um, And it's something that I've been looking at and following and hearing a lot about on the podcast stuff is the tie between content and e-commerce. So it used to be very much you put a product on. Click it, you buy it, put in your shop cart, you move on. Now they're layering in content with it. So one of the last or sort of latest events is IKEA um, used Pinterest, and they created an interactive home 
and they called it the IKEA Renocations. So it's a it's a quiz a quiz they're doing on on Pinterest because Pinterest actually we talked about Pinterest last time is actually we see there's there's we're seeing really good conversions and yep. really good uh, uptake on it. But what they did is they asked a question, so you fill out a form, and then in real time it would send you recommendations around furniture, tips, studies, articles, videos based on your preference. So I like. I like the beach and my favorite place to relax is the patio. So all of a sudden it's sending you beach related stuff that you could put into your patio. And literally you could buy, Pinterest is really investing in uh, e-commerce as well. So you can actually buy through their mm-hmm. platform. So in Pinterest is, is pushing or kind of like, yeah, pushing themselves of not a social media channel. They're pushing themselves as a product discovery channel. Mm, right. And I thought it was interesting. And I'm, I'm a Pinterest user. Cause I'm a, mm-hmm. I like cooking You're and I'm a foodie, a foodie. and I, I do, I use Pinterest and I have my, my boards and I'm like, Oh, what do I want to make tonight? Something around chicken. I click it and, and I, that's where I get my recipes from. And I found it easy to use. It's interesting because I've been doing it for a long time, but I'm not a Facebook person, but I, I use it on uh, Pinterest for that. So it's interesting what your thought is on, on sort of that, um, you know, the tie more to commerce and content and what, you know, we, we've, you know, we do obviously e-commerce solutions for clients and we're starting to see some of that. Mm-hmm. Right, so. I find it so fascinating. It's almost taking the dating analogy and applying it onto content. It, I'm I'm matching my um, my interest, my hobby, my in, my in uh, market need right now, and it's giving to me. It's feeding back to me potential matches at their at their highest possibility, mm-hmm. which is darn handy mm-hmm. because we go back to that finite time. We have so few minutes. Uh, to make it through our our days, and uh, I, so again, that's that debate. You you have people on both sides around privacy uh, and and then convenience. I do appreciate that uh, my digital profile is well known mm-hmm. because then I'm I'm fed information that is of interest to yeah, me, it's relevant and to I you. I'm able to make a decision and and. The faster, the faster you can get me to yeah. input my credit card, the better for everybody. But I, I think that's a, a real reality, and I think it's so interesting in the evolution of content. Content has always mattered, and it's, it's, it, it means more. Now. Well, and going back to our just a few topics ago about why Apple and Google and Amazon, Facebook are looking for content creation is because content's king. And L'Oreal just launched a campaign, and their campaign was a seven. I might get the numbers wrong, but a seven uh, part documentary, Mm -hmm. but it's actually a marketing tool. It's not a documentary in traditional sense, but that's their marketing. They actually created content through a series, but ultimately they're trying to sell. But they're going to, they're going to attract people that align with that information that's disseminated through that documentary. Yeah, which I think is brilliant. Yeah. So content. And the last one, we'll end up with more e-commerce, talking about the big boys. Um, Google uh, has a partnership with Shopify. Um, Shopify has 1.7 million merchants. Mm-hmm. Um, the, last year, they generated $3 billion in revenue, up 86% from 2019. Just. A little bit of a jump. <laughs> like talk about growth. And so they're one of the companies obviously through the pandemic that absolutely excel because everyone went to e-commerce. But um, interesting that Google's expanding that partnership and some of the things that they're doing is they're going to have a widget on Chrome that will keep track of your open carts. So you can go see what carts you didn't maybe close out to and go back and maybe hit 
purchased on some of them. They're going to be allowing you to sh uh, search screenshots of shoppable items or using AI technology to track your preferences, like you said, in Fiji stuff. That, But it's all linked into only people that are part of the Shopify merchant uh, creation, right? So which I thought was interesting. So. Uh, you, you, cool. you, you go, but such a slippery slope. Yeah. Because again, when you look at monetize uh, um, monopoly, you know that sets up when you get the nod from Google that it's Shopify. You've completely uh, changed the competitiveness in that landscape for other e-commerce capable companies to come in there. Like I'm, I'm wondering, well. <laughs> What does that mean for big commerce mm -hmm. with the nod from Google over to Shopify? So just just interesting. Yeah, and I think it goes back to even the discussion around local media. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. That's that's what we're saying is be like as these companies, the Googles and of course they have like they're they're developing new things by the second. Like they got they they're they got a little you know, bit big. Big and money. Like I don't know, I think Apple has more money than all of the US government does sitting in their bank account, right? Like so they they can they can they can be and, and they are creative. It's great. Sure. And I'm not saying like technology is great. It is right. Agreed. But what is it's the trickle down effect. Mm -hmm. Like we know we know companies mm -hmm. that do nothing but e commerce, right? So how does that gonna affect them? How is it going to, like, what's going to do their business now when a client's like, well, I don't know, I'm going to go with Shopify because it's tied into Google. I'm not going to use your platform. And again, that's that's absolutely a, a, a question or a concern because you look at all the uh, um, softwares and systems out there that are running e-commerce. And if there is that significant competitive advantage of, of Google boosting that, you're, you're lifting your head up and you're, and you're, and you're, uh, worried about your decision if you're not in Shopify. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that was fun. Interesting. That was fun. It was good. Um, do let us know again. We'll do this again soon. We will. Yeah. Um, please do reach out again, like I said, with any questions, um, topics that you'd like for us to cover or explore in the world of marketing. It's a big world of marketing. Um, things that are more localized, whatever. We're open to kind of having those discussions. So please do reach out and, and fire away. So. I thought you were going to... Tell them to fire us. No, don't fire us. Well, no. maybe they might. <laughs> Depends if they like it or not. But they might. Please let us know. Email us. Call us. You know us. Call yeah. us. Reach out. Let us know what you think and what we can uh, bring to the conversation and to the table that would actually help you in your business and uh, help you scale, grow, or keep clients. Keep clients, exactly. So have a great rest of your day. And thank you for joining us uh, on Marketing Matters. Thank you.